of these extremists, you're going to have extremists anywhere. But as soon as you start catering to the beliefs of these extremists and you start like getting closer and closer to their beliefs, if you step out of line once, they're going to persecute you because you are conforming to an extreme uh, goal that honestly just can't be achieved. Like, like they're going to change and modify their beliefs to a situation to protect themselves because honestly extremists don't have strong fundamental values like their their fun their fundamentalism is kind of based on uh extreme emotion and an extreme belief system and when you kind of apply that to the entire world and the world as a whole it doesn't really stand up to much so it kind of falls apart and you just have this very uh uh you have this very small but very loud group of people who also just have this large influence because they're just talking to all, all these other people and they're you know, they're spreading their influence and they also have the beliefs of these other people. So, so if you have like half of the population believing in something and 10% of that population believes in that thing, but a bunch of other things, then the 50% are also going to support them, especially if that, like that one thing that they all believe is something that's controversial at the moment because they want to support the people that, you know, are important to them and who believe the same things that they believe in the same important things. So like they want to protect their values. So as soon as as soon as you start conforming to the extremism instead of like actually just uh, honestly supporting the things that you believe in, then you're going to be held to this ridiculous extremist standard that can't be withheld in any like any culture. The morality thing is interesting. Because to it's right now like the world's obviously in a whole bunch of different places, but like there's a lot of um, speculation, like a lot of wars that are gonna be popping up in the next few years. Like, like we're going, we're the R- Russian war right now, the Ukrainian war right now, all that stuff. People say you know murder's wrong, but in war it's justified because for the greater good. Then who decides what the greater good is? And would you would you think that? You know how people say, like, oh, we shouldn't go to war anymore? Yeah, it's a pretty good idea. But sometimes it's necessary. Do you think it's necessary? Or do you think there's always, like, we? it doesn't have to be necessary? Because there's a philosophy about tolerance, which you've probably heard of, where it's like you can be as tolerant as you want, but eventually the only way to preserve your tolerance is to practice intolerance. You yeah. understand? Uh, so I actually think tolerance is <clears throat> is both good and bad. You can't just have absolute tolerance. Um because that's very dangerous because all of a sudden if you allow people to, to just do whatever they want and you just tolerate everything, um, <clears throat> I believe the human nature just allows people to, to push their own boundaries to the point to where they're going to start pushing your boundaries because they're going to, it's like essentially a child, like a child is going to push the boundaries to see what's okay. And if you're just tolerant to all of those things, they're eventually just going to dictate that they can get away with whatever they want. And I think that kind of just applies to all humans in general. Do you think that's different though when it comes to, <clears throat> excuse me, like governing a society? Because you, you uh, there is a... A governing society or like, like a governing... governing a society. Because there's like a, a level of authority you have over your children <clears throat> because they're, they, don't, they don't know any better. But how much authority do you give a government? Yeah, that that's actually a really difficult question. To right, answer. that's the question. That's it. That's the fucking question. We've given the government so just so much. I mean, like like one thing that that was just bothering me on the drive home one 
one day was uh, someone brought up like uh, a tea party. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember what it was about, but someone was telling me about like a tea party they wanted to, like they were talking about. Okay. And, um, and I was just driving home one night remembering that. And I was like, wow, we used to like at one point tea was being taxed so heavily that we just threw millions of dollars of tea into a fucking oh, bay. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, and, and now all of a sudden we're letting the government just take money out of our paychecks and do essentially whatever they want with it. Uh, we, we do have some control over that, but, um, you're going to have a, a situation where you have something that you're not happy with or something's happening that you're not happy with or something happens to you that you're not happy with. Um, so you're like, all right, someone's doing this to me. Someone's like revoking my freedoms or like. Uh, acting against my freedoms or something that I feel like I'm free to do. Uh, so you're probably going to do something like sue that person because they're violating something that you believe is like a right that you have. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's actually dangerous because now you're putting that decision uh, in the government's hand. And now all of a sudden they have to make this decision or see if they want to make this decision governing this to see whether or not your actual sue or what what you're doing is uh is actually valid and whether or not like someone has restricted your rights. Yeah, that that's a dangerous thing because now all of a sudden you're having the government dictate like this this newly governed uh idea is like is is this new concept or right that people have and is it being revoked or restricted by anything? And if so, how do we punish those people and how do we stop that from happening? Uh that was like an interesting thing we saw with uh gay marriage when it was first instituted because people uh people believe that they had a right to be married uh regardless of who they want to be married to and um i don't i don't personally um think that that's wrong but i i do think that uh marriage what like even the concept of marriage marriage was originally purely uh purely religious you know, I've I've heard a lot about how marriage was purely like an Abrahamic thing. Um, perhaps marriage, like the union of two people underneath, you know, you know, Eastern culture, right? Like like whether from from Europe, Asia, whatever. But like even Native Americans had uh, uh, like a union, like a, yeah. a, a combination of two souls. Um, so marriage, by religious definition, sure, like it's an Abrahamic thing, but the union of two people to live long forever actually um goes like it, it it it's conceived before like popular or mainstream religion actually yeah yeah there is um there is the idea that you actually have a codependent relationship between men and women to have offspring and that's actually something that people feel compelled to have like you want to further the future of your species so you're going to do this thing it's also it's it's a, it's a team thing i mean like, going through life with a person is very important i mean like I know everyone's like beating with the dead horse. Everyone knows this, but like it's, we are social creatures. We need that companionship. We need that partnership. Um, It's very hard to go through life without it. And if you are someone that's going through life without it um, and you're happy, you're honestly probably a a, a sociopath. If you don't have a best friend, you don't have friends online at least, you don't have somebody to talk to, Get someone to talk to, so that partnership is is important. But you were you were you were talking about uh, the marriage thing in uh, terms of uh, tolerance and and rights and all that stuff. Yeah. Um. So you 
you had this idea and and yeah i completely agree that there's there's this codependence between uh, men and women and humans are extremely uh sociable creatures and they need other people to survive um it, it's extremely uncommon to like uh, i think before modern time uh, it would be extremely uncommon to see one individual person be able to sustain themselves by themselves for a long period of time without having some sort of physical, emotional, or mental repercussion. Yeah. And uh, on top of that, it's just difficult if you don't have the tools or established um, actual industry or uh, industrialism to actually be able to perform everything that you need to do by yourself, like um, uh, like, like farm, uh, cook, clean, build, build do all these yeah. things. Uh, have an army if you need it, like protection. Yeah. If you're doing this thing by yourself, you you are probably superhuman and or your mind is just kind of broken and you're just very alone but but you have an infrastructure supporting you um and and that's kind of what we're seeing like like in america i think we have a pretty solid infrastructure that actually doesn't require uh, people to actually be sociable to get by like you could just work at home and just stay at home and just be self-isolated and you could just be like that and that's like fine it's survivable you think it's hurting us though yeah yeah i think it's hurting a lot of people that's why you know mental health is just or i think it's one of the reasons why mental health is so bad because we're not actually socializing or people don't really need other people in the way that they used to you're 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 kind of having this passive interaction where yeah i'm doing my job and that job is just um supporting the infrastructure that so that other people can just do whatever they want and as long as people are like satisfied and entertained and all their needs are met it's like that's fine you're surviving and you're entertained but people aren't directly influencing other people's survival like i don't need other people to survive directly it's more of an indirect connection now and that's kind of dangerous well malcolm gladwell was talking about this recently about how everyone's getting used to working at home and our, our city streets are designed for cars, subways and buses, but not designed to be walkable. You know, people are talking less. They're, you know, going online more, they're interacting less and it, and it's tearing us apart and it's bad for us. And it's ruining our relationship with others and ourselves. And we don't know how to interact with people. Like, like the COVID babies, babies that like um, the first year of elementary school and you can't even go. Like, you don't know what it's like to interact with human beings, and it, and it fucked them up a little bit. Hope, hopefully, they're getting better now. Hopefully, they're, they're acclimating better because things are dying. They're, they're basically dead now, but... Yeah, I'd hope so. Yeah, right? So, I, I said they're basically dead now, and I thought you said a joke. <laughs> oh, wait. I was like, oh, what yeah. the fuck? But, no, uh, no, no, I, got, I understand what you mean. I said I, said I hope so in reference to... The, the, the <laughs> fucked up stuff is dying down, yeah. Bad timing. Bad, yeah, so... He, Malcolm Lab was talking about how we are suffering and we're, we're making our suffering worse by being comfortable with this. And I would attribute it to like, you know, it, it's a symptom of a dying culture, right? It's spiritual starvation, what's happening. Um, we, we, are, we are so geared towards finding comfort. I mean, like it's one of the reasons why we eat a lot of sweets, right? Because our body's like, oh, eat that. You never know when you're going to find it again. Because our fucking monkey brain doesn't realize that we can go to the store and buy it whenever we want, right? So we just eat all this junk food. Same thing. It's like, oh, you better rest and sit down and relax because you never know a predator is going to come any second. That's why we're addicted to it, right? We're addicted to our phones because um, that's the way our brain works. We want to see those colorful things. We want to get those dopamine, uh, you know, 
the hits, and it, it's all fucked up. It's all pretty bad. And one of the things I, I was listening, I don't know what I was listening to today, something happened today where they said that, like, yeah, you are so focused on just being comfortable, and you're like, yeah, I'm content, this is just working, that you almost <laughs> don't know what life is like anymore. Because think about what it was like maybe, you know, 40 years ago. It's like you, if you were bored, you cleaned the house. If you were bored, you fixed the shelf. If you were bored, you fixed your car. You raised your kids. You read a book. You went to the library. Like you did something because you couldn't just sit there and do nothing. And now I'm finding myself like regrettably sitting on my couch on my phone and I snap out of it. I'm like, what am I doing? Sometimes I find my father sitting at the kitchen table in a, in a trance. I'm like, dad, snap out of it. Everyone does it. Um... But that whole, like, removing, being comfortable, just, like, not go, having to go to work and, and, and staying at home, which I actually do think is a good thing. I think working at home it does benefit us. I think it can. I don't think it's there yet, but I think it can benef- benefit us more than we realize. Um, but I do think we're going through some severe growing pains, and I do think a lot of it is spiritual starvation and symptoms of a dying culture. Yeah, you're you're definitely having a lot of things that are changing. Uh at an extremely fast pace, um, like last 300 years, for instance, have just like 300 years. It took yeah. 300 years for us to get from essentially just. What's, like, what's the metric? They, they show you it's like 300, 200 years ago. They had a horse-drawn carriages. Now they have a stealth bomber. It's been 200 years, 200 yeah. years. Yeah, that's that's extremely impressive, but also dangerous because now you're having all of this technology doing things for like, People are becoming obsolete. Yeah. Like, yes, you're, you're not needed. You all of a sudden won't find purpose and fulfillment in the things that you're doing. Like you're obsolete. Like all of those things that drive you, all of those passions, they're, they're not going to have anywhere to go. And unfortunately I think people are going to start being more stifled than they are. And that's probably why we're seeing so much mental health, so many mental health issues. It's not even just the fact that we're just eating poison in our foods and like. <laughs> you, know, you know what they said? They said on average we eat a credit card worth of plastic a month, and just yeah. eating regular food, and you can't even escape it. You 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 uh, grow your own food. You you eat organic. It's like it's it's too late. It's in this. It's in the fucking rain. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, it's in the. Uh, I mean, plastic particulates are so small, and they can be broken down. That's that's something we're trying to to debunk and to work on at, uh, on on the science and research level, but. Uh, unfortunately you're just e- eating poison all the time and, and it's affecting animals too, because I mean, like fish are constantly in the water and they're oh just having gosh. these micro, like these microbes of plastics, just like they're breathing it. I mean, we're breathing it. Like how long do you think until like, like what, what's, the, what's the straw like breaks the camel's back here? Like, do, do we learn first or do we fail first? Right? Like, do we like let it go so far? We're like, all right, we, we fucking screwed up. Or do we like, you know what, we're screwing up, let's fix it now. And I don't think we're, we might learn, we might understand we're, we're fucking the planet up with, with, with like uh, developments <clears throat> that, that are going on with um, like the wars right now. We can't risk, uh, you know, pulling back on like industry. Like I don't, I heard Biden wanted to put more industry back into America. Don't know how true that is. I know he like made a statement about that a, a couple months ago. Really cool. They want to start ma- uh, manufacturing computer chips in the country. I think that's awesome. I think it's necessary. I think we need that. Yeah. Children need jobs. <laughs> Children need idea. jobs. That's a great idea. But we, it's hard to like stop 
doing all these things when we have like you know powerhouses like China who don't care about the environment and they're and they're pumping all these plastics into the water. They're pumping all this fucking these fumes into the air, and um, it's like we're so hard on ourselves, but it's like we we can't stop the machine. The machine's got to keep going. Um, but it's one of the reasons why like I'm a big fan of nuclear, and I, I think people need to stop being afraid of, afraid of it because it's not as bad as people think it is. Any propaganda, or any reason why you think it's bad, is propaganda paid for by oil companies. I fucking swear. It's, like, you know nuclear, right? It's not, it's good. I mean, yeah, it is safe, clean energy. Um, that's that's relative to, to how it's engineered. And, you know, like, the actual environment, it's uh, it's actually done in. But, um, yeah, yeah, that's reliable, clean energy. And we should be using that because the only byproduct is essentially uh, heated water and steam. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't I that mean, fucking barbaric? It's so funny. That's actually really funny. Yeah. It's it's actually ridiculously impressive. Um, uh, I personally like hydroelectric. No, but it, it's funny because it's like it sounds so ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. It It, it is ridiculous. But, I mean, you are, you are having like this radioactive fission happening because you're just like yeah yeah you're just pouring like cold water or just you're just pouring water you know past this it's so cool man yeah it's so cool but so let's let's go back to the how we're all um getting fucked up and we're like we don't really do about it yeah um so i i guess if we want to go way back we go back to the whole uh marriage thing go ahead go ahead like even that topic um because that's kind of interesting um so, so you had this thing where, where marriage is, uh, essentially, or at least Abrahamic marriage, uh, which, yep. which is pretty prevalent in the U S is, uh, this religious topic. And when people get married, like originally they got married in the eyes of God. Um, that, that was just early, early church. Uh, that was just like what people did when they came here and what people believed. Um, so that, that was obviously really important to people. And you can still see that it's important to people because people are codependent on each other. You know, they, they'll like draw connections and find a partner and love, love each other. And that's important. Like, I, I think that people like need that at least in to some degree to, to have a codependent connection with someone because honestly it's lonely out there. Yeah. But, uh, so now all of a sudden you're having this thing happen and, um, and now the government had a hand in marriage. So I don't really know how that was implemented or why that was implemented. But all of a sudden, if you got married, like the government would give you like a tax break and, you know, uh, give you like tax returns for having kids. And now all of a sudden, like uh, the government wanted like marriage certificates and all these things. So they know like who's who's married and who's not. So now all of a sudden you had this thing that was purely dictated by religion and just two people you know, wanting to have this connection with each other and living together and wanting to have a family and all these things. Uh, now all of a sudden it's a political thing. Now all of a sudden it, like the government needs to know this so that they can either exploit it or use it for some, some out of uh, information at least. And, and I don't know if that's dangerous or not, but when you plead with the government to let a church marry uh, you and another person uh, and that, religion or that church doesn't really believe in that and they don't want to do that. I don't think that the government should force that religion to do that. I don't think they can. They can't force a religion to do it. Yeah. I I think I, I, but they, they can kind of, um, I I think what was essentially happening was, uh, 
like pastors and priests were like getting persecuted for not marrying, like not marrying people. By like, who though? By by the public or by the government? Uh, I think it was so they were getting sued by the public for okay. for not marrying people for not not you know getting getting married. Um, at least I I remember that happening, and then the government's kind of stepping in, like, oh yeah, like like you have to do this thing, or or like like uh we're we're going to let them sue you and like. We're basically charging you money for like restricting their right to get married. Like these people have a right to be married, but it it's interesting how uh, you see these. Uh, you saw like two individuals trying to get married uh, under the eyes of God, and like a gay marriage, which is which is like like I don't personally have a problem with that. But mm-hmm. if you go to a religion that has a problem with that and you want them to, like to marry you, religions. yeah, then you're you're kind of expecting to fail but i don't think that religion should see any backlash because that should just probably be some something you know that well, the, they can't do the only backlash you should receive is public back, backlash i don't think it should be it, it does suck because because um gay people are religious like they they believe in god and, and i also <laughs> personally I, I my relationship with a god um has actually very little to do with religion I think it has to do with what I believe and what I how I've deciphered what I believe in, you know, like how what what I've picked to be like that makes sense to me. Um, and a lot of gay people, they, a lot of them are Christians. Some of them are are Muslim. Like, and they're like, this is what I believe my God is. They're, they say, you know, you might say God hates this lifestyle. Well, my God wouldn't because I think that's more moral, right? I think that's more peaceful. Um, so I do think one of, one of the unfortunate situations is when gay people are actually very religious and very, um, they practice, right? And they, they can't get married under the, under the eyes of uh, religious law. I don't think the federal or state government could tell a religion what to do. I think that's definitely overstepping. Um, that doesn't mean the public has to agree with the religion's choice, but they have to understand at least why the religion made the choice. Because that's, I guess, how they do it. It doesn't mean it's a good choice. It just is what it is. Um, but I do think, yeah, the getting, the government being involved is 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 stupid. Because it's your separation of church and state. Um, you can't do that. But you you were saying though that um, the public, the individuals, were suing religious groups or like churches. Uh, I think they were suing uh, like religious individuals, like like pastors and priests and stuff, for not. Marrying them when they had like right like, to be married. I feel like there's no co- way like that's actually going through, and they're getting they're successfully suing them. I mean, I'd I'd really hope not. Um, the the thing I had a problem with was that um, like es- essentially you're you're having these people be persecuted for their beliefs, and honestly, it doesn't matter what they believe. Like if it was the other way around, and the the church was like persecuting gay couples, like. That and and the government was supporting that. That would be terrible. Yeah, that, that would be. Yeah, don't do that. Stupid. That, that would be awful. Um, like, I don't think that the government should be supporting any any amount of of social um persecution. And uh, I I think that was happening on some level, and and uh, I didn't think that was super right in any in any degree of morality. Like that that kind of sucked. Yeah, the government needs to stay out of um social problems unless people are dying you know people are dying like people are actually being murdered okay you like maybe get involved 
But um, if you're, yeah, if, yeah. yeah obviously, right? Because the, the, that's the Goliath. The Goliath's job is to make sure no one kills somebody else. No one gets hurt. That's the job of the Goliath. The Goliath is the federal government. Yeah, I think you just want to focus on um, really what, what the best interests of uh, the most people are. Um, well, that's dangerous. Okay, so we... What kind? Uh, what kind of political? It is dangerous. What kind of political system do you think we run? Like, what? What do we live in? Like, are we a democracy? Like, 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 what are we? Um, I think it's kind of some mix of um, pseudo capitalist fascism. Well, so well, I kind <laughs> of agree with you there, but it's a it's a constitutional republic. We are not a democracy. A democracy means fifty one percent of the people can tell forty nine percent of the people what to do. That is dangerous. That's not good. Um, and so we are a constitutional republic. That's why we have the um, electoral college. That's right. why we have all these things. That's why we have, okay, states have rights, and then counties could, like, have some kind of rights, then towns have some kind of rights. Like, you'd have different whatever, right? Uh, HOAs, if you want to go all the way down to that, you know, um, which are stupid and get out of your HOA. That's ridiculous. But um, the uh, th- that that constitutional republic so we're not a democracy but we 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 do it in a way that everyone kind of gets a say and everyone can live the way they want to live but we're not a democracy because that's dangerous if one percent more is added to your group of people and they run the country they run the world that that's that's not freedom right yeah uh so so when i said that uh uh act that the government should act in the the interest of the the majority of the people um oh what what really should should be meant by that and what should be interpreted by by that is um the government should protect the rights of oh yeah like that's their only job yeah like the government should protect the rights of the majority um like like uh if some like minority of people want to want to act or uh, act against the rights of of the people of of like the United States of America yeah um the government should protect those rights. I think that's the only job of the government is to protect the rights. Like, when all this stuff was happening with, um, uh, like, when people would start getting, like, banned off, off uh, Twitter or Facebook or when, like, uh, with, um, what's it called? Um, after 9-11, what, what, what do they do? The, um, like, the NSA was able to, like, actually, like, look through your phone and look through all your stuff. And yeah, that's it's dangerous. That's when my government says no. It's not when, okay, if, if I'm on, like, um, what, the reason why I bring up, like, the Twitter stuff is because an American-run country, an American-run company right. should run off the values that Americans believe in. And once that company, which, once you, once you are basically the public square, once you give a soapbox to every person in existence, you have responsibility, you have a responsibility to everyone, not to protect them, but to curate, you know, freedom to like make sure everyone can speak, even if it's bad. Because when you start removing bad speech, you only you 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 set a path for only one type of speech to progress. And no matter what type of speech it is at the beginning, it could always get worse. And then you pick, okay, we got to make sure that one stays safe, that one stays safe, that one stays safe, and no one could uh, attack that way of thinking. It becomes um, like malignant. It's horrible. So right. when companies ban you off of uh, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or it's Instagram or like Meta, um, I think that's when my government said, "Hey, no, 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 no. You have too 
much responsibility to the entire fucking world to kick that person off if you're an American-run company. You run through our beliefs, not, you know, Iran's, not Russia's, not, you know, England's, the American belief. If you're if you're in a different cu- country, I do whatever the fuck you want. But where's right. my government when that happens? Yeah. So, so that that's an interesting topic. Um. So so if you look at the entire thing, you're so so with modern uh modern industrialism uh essentially you have um communication on a very individual scale. Uh, so so all of a sudden you had communication from one person to uh, directly another person. But now you have communication from one person to a million people or like actually the entire world. Yeah. And and when you think about the the consequences of that, that's kind of um that's kind of huge because it's huge. Like one person could influence the the idea and like the minds of of everyone who's willing to listen to them or anyone who like sympathizes with them. So so it's not only dangerous, it's kind of cool. Like oh, that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of oh, yeah. great. Um, it's cool. Like I love innovation. I like. I, I think at the end of the day, I just want to see um, people better themselves and humanity better, better itself as a whole. Just, just progress. Just move further. Like, yeah. I th- I think there's a lot of pandering going on, and and people are are like squabbling, and and there's so so many um, kind of pointless disputes. At least in my opinion. Whereas, uh, like all these resources could just be be put towards like the betterment of humanity as a whole. And, and I don't think that that's anyone's goal right now. Like, like I, like when you look at Elon Musk, Elon, Elon Musk's like, Oh yeah, I want to get human humanity into space. Like I want to do this thing. But then he kind of went on a tangent about like, Oh yeah, I want Twitter because like, like there's this freedom of speech thing going on. And I'm like, all right, you're pandering. Just do what's best for all of humanity. Maybe. Well, also Elon Musk, he's an eccentric. He, yes. He, so yes. it's like it's like I mean like he's a human being just like everybody else. He, what are you gonna do? Like this one time, all those kids they made a movie about it. I think it came out recently. All these kids got trapped under like in an underwater tunnel. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. in the water, and the, it filled up, and it was a soccer team. These little kids, and Elon. When that actually happened in real life, Elon Musk was like, "I'll get them out," and he's like, he came up with this idea of building a tube, and you and you drug the kids to basically sedate them and drag them through the tube underwater, and people were like, "No." <laughs> We're not doing that. And then he got so angry, apparently he was, like, calling one of the rescue divers, like, a pedophile. Like, he was doing weird shit. So he's, he's a little weird. He's a little weird. Yeah. But I, I do most most of the time agree with everything he does and says, so I'm not too upset. Yeah. So, unfortunately, when you have, uh, like, someone who's really successful and really intelligent and they just see themselves as having the right answer, they're going to try to influence or impose that on other people because they're like, yeah, I have the right answer. I I can fix this. Just let me fix this. Mm. You know, uh, that's some, dangerous. Yeah, I mean, you shouldn't just let one person have all the power ever. Because, well, yeah, yeah, we we we've been there, been there, done that. Well, I don't think it's <clears throat> it's it's letting him. I think it's um, like okay, if he were to buy Twitter, I think he would have. Uh, he I think he would have done exactly what he said he was going to do. Um, because. He would not have been able to build his companies in any other country. And when he, I think part of what he's thinking is when he sees what's happening to this country when it comes to what right is being taken away today, um, what policy is being enacted today, like what's what's happening. And he doesn't really, 
he can't do much, but he has a lot of money. He's like, okay, if I want to make sure my companies can continue to flourish, if I want to make sure uh, when I hire new people from all these fucking engineering colleges that are going to work for me, I want to make sure they have the same values I have. I got to make sure I start uh, producing better culture. How am I going to produce better culture? I protect I protect those who want to uh, have the same values as I do. How do I protect those who want to same the values as I do? Own Twitter, own it, because he do- clearly doesn't agree with like the the like a lot of like the mainstream like Twitter people like what they say and how they do and how they act. So he's like, I don't like this. I don't like what they're doing. I want my I want my companies to thrive off of people that want to that believe in what I believe in. The only way to do that is to cultivate those kind of people. The only way to do that is to own these companies, do these things. I'm mean, like the reason why we're all mentally ill or we're all like super liberal or super conservative is because we're being influenced by our surroundings. Like if half of us like never had a cell phone, never had the internet, we wouldn't be having any of these fucking thoughts that we're having right now. So the problem is the internet. And I think people like Elon Musk, people like uh, who's Amazon Prime guy, fucking, what's his name? Uh, Amazon, who's the... Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos, like people look at this and like, we got to change culture to suit our needs. I mean, like what's his name did it? Um, not Steve Jobs, the fuck Microsoft guy. All these names, Microsoft. Who's, who's Microsoft? Oh my gosh. Bill Gates. Yeah. Bill Gates. Bill Gates did it. Bill Gates does it. I, I'm terrible at names. Yeah, no, it's okay. They, 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 um, they change culture to suit the, their market. I'm like, okay, let's go back to Steve Jobs with the with the Apple commercial where it looked like 1984, the the the, the book. He made this huge commercial in 1984, and he put po- and he, and, he, and they and it aired during the Super Bowl of that year, and everyone was like, oh my gosh, it's this crazy commercial, and like we got to make sure that we have a voice, we have to make sure that no one controls us, and it was great. It's culture. It is it is moving culture with the money that you have, and I think that's what Elon Musk is doing. So yeah, is this a danger for someone to hold all the power? Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I understand what he's doing. Yeah, and I would probably do the same thing. Yeah, so, so I think um, be before uh, one of the things we we were talking about was uh, the government having like uh, influence and in, uh, being able to act yeah. on, on something or protect my rights or not protect my rights. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, like the the influence on social media and like freedom of speech is kind of. Like, uh, like a little far-reaching. Yeah. Uh, it, at least for the government. I, I mean, it, it, it's strange for an individual to create a platform for people to communicate and then control what they say on the platform. And it's, it's not, it's not that the, yeah, no, I, yes. But it's not, I don't think the problem is the government, the problem isn't the government doing anything. The problem is the government not doing something. Yeah, so, so now all of a sudden you, you have this thing where, um, that, now you have a problem where, where this is like a battle of rights. Like people think they, like you've given people the opportunity to communicate to the entire world, like on an individual level to the entire world. Mm-hmm. And and now that's kind of being censored. And I mean, at least in America, if you believe in freedom of speech, you should, uh, you, you definitely shouldn't be censoring people. I mean- like, if you want people to be tolerant of you and your beliefs, I think that should be a two-way street, and you should let other people say whatever they want to say. You don't necessarily have to listen, but, I mean, classically, people are going to get backlash for what they say. And, um, and I mean, if someone wants to act against someone or not like someone for for saying something belligerent, then, uh, then I think that's okay. People are allowed to be uh, offended by things, and they're allowed to, you know, like, have opinions. 
but I don't think that you should just revoke someone's rights because they might be offending someone else. It, it's it's a dangerous game to play because, like I said, it's uh, it's it gets malignant when you um when you start censoring people. Well, Jordan, you know Jordan Peterson, you know who that is. Yeah. So he said something a while ago. So he he went on a, on a podcast. He went on the H three podcast with Ethan Klein and whatever. And months later, a year later, I don't I don't know. Um, Ethan Klein removed the episode he did with Jordan Peterson. Oh, I think I remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. And Jordan Peterson said that, like, well, you, I was under the impression that my episode would remain up. Can you at least give it to me so I could post it or whatever? And right, whatever. Ethan Klein said like he removed it because he didn't realize like how basically how damaging Jordan Peterson was to the world and like what he was inciting. And it's like, okay, no, no. But what Jordan Peterson said, it he said it so articulate. I'm not going to be able to say it in the same way. But he's basically saying to Ethan is like. I look what you're doing right now. You are catering to the people that are one day going to attack you because it's it's about tolerance. It's, it's you're tolerating their hysterics so much that one day they're not going to tolerate you and you will have to change or cancel yourself. And like, he's like, I'm warning you now, stop this. Don't cater to the masses that don't the, the most dangerous voices tend to have the loudest voice and you could hear them the most often. So all these people that are saying, uh, cancel this person, cancel that person, they're the loudest talkers. Yeah. And Ethan's like, oh, I got to cancel. And Jordan Peterson says, like, I liked you. Don't do this to yourself. <laughs> um, but that's what's happening online. Yeah. Um, so so I know exactly what you're talking about. So um, Ethan Klein was being held to a standard, and he he decided to to take a side on, on some matter, right? And... Um, and essentially what happened, he was being held to a standard. And the more he uh, conformed to that standard, uh, the more closely he was being con- uh, he was being held to the beliefs of this very specific uh, group of people. And unfortunately, like, like this group of maybe like 100 people have like a huge influence on a bunch of other people because those people also believe um, in, in like what this minority is saying. And they want to like cater to this minority too, because they're also being held to that standard, and they also believe in like some of the things that the that people are saying. So, so like for instance, I think in the, in this case, it was um you basically had um kind of like this this liberal audience. Um, you were catering to this extremely liberal audience, and then you had these extremists. You're going to have extremists anywhere, but as soon as you start catering to the beliefs of these extremists. And you start like getting closer and closer to their beliefs. If you step out of line once, they're going to persecute you because you are conforming to an extreme uh, goal that honestly just can't be achieved. Like, like they're going to change and modify their beliefs to a situation to protect themselves because honestly, extremists don't have strong fundamental values. Like their their fun their fundamentalism is kind of based on uh, extreme emotion and an extreme belief system. And when you kind of apply that to the entire world and the world as a whole, it doesn't really stand up to much. So it kind of falls apart and you just have this very, uh, uh, you have this very small but very loud group of people who also just have this large influence because they're just talking to all, all these other people and they're, you know, they're spreading their influence and they also have the beliefs of these other people. So, so if you have like half of the population believing in something and 10% of that population believes in that thing, 
but a bunch of other things, then the 50% are also going to support them, especially if that, like that one thing that they all believe is something that's controversial at the moment because they want to support the people that, you know, are important to them and who believe the same things that they believe in, the same important things. So like they want to protect their values. So as soon as as soon as you start conforming to the extremism instead of like actually just uh, honestly supporting the things that you believe in, then you're going to be held to this ridiculous extremist standard that can't be withheld in any like any culture. And it, and even if even if you stay quiet, even if you say nothing, if you don't if you disagree with what's like mainstream, you say nothing. Eventually, you will be you will be surrounded by people who disagree with what you're actual values are and it's too late to speak up it's too late to talk about it there was this quote i don't know who it's by but it basically went like um if you see like tyranny on the horizon it's too late those who any country that's ever experienced tyranny whether it's like actual like physical tyranny or like um like psychological or like um like on on twitter on facebook all this stuff there's like censoring people like if, if you if you've experienced that if you let that happen, it's too late. Countries only fall, people only fall, uh, societies only fall because men react too late. Um, and that's kind of what's going to happen if you if you stay quiet. But then, then it's like, okay, do I pick a side? I don't like that side. I don't like the other side. Who am I? What do I say? And then I think that's another problem is sides. But this whole, yeah. before we get into that though, this whole uh, thing about tolerance, and, and I, I kind of like how we're staying on that topic. Yeah, it is, it is. Is it is an issue with tolerance because, like, like how much do you tolerate someone before it's like okay, easy there? Yeah, e- even if you even if you do stay quiet and you let the people around you just kind of do whatever they want, uh, which is kind of a problem I have personally because uh, my morality is kind of like yeah, uh, I don't want other people to hurt each other and I don't want people to hurt themselves. Um, if we can live in a world of human progress where people don't actively try to hurt each other and hurt themselves. Then I, I think we're we're pro- we're going to make a ton of progress. That's that's kind of the the arrow we want to be like beyond. That's the train we want to be riding. And we're getting closer to it. Yeah, maybe we are. We are. I think okay. I think right now we're going through a really, you know, rough part of this like human cycle. I think like it's fucked right now with like war going on. But I do think we are way closer to having like a a straight arrow uh, like way of conducting society a lot more than like a hundred, 200, 600 years ago. I definitely believe that. I mean, we're probably eventually going to be reaching a a point of equilibrium where people will have the same conduct towards each other. Um, I I don't know what that conduct is going to look like, but right now it's kind of sporadic to where um, like some people are extremely aggressive and some people are just very passive. Yeah. But, um, and, and honestly, like, um, the extremely aggressive people don't treat many other people with respect, but the passive people are the people who actually hold respect because they're more tolerant towards the aggressive people who actually just want what they want, regardless of the beliefs and opinions of other people. And then at what point do the tolerant people have to say, okay, enough? That's like the thing, right? Well, they don't necessarily have to do anything. What do you mean? Well, they don't, but I mean, like... Because that, that's like the philosophical conundrum about tolerance. Because eventually, you be, you're, if you're if you're that tolerant, the only way to preserve tolerance in your society is to become intolerant. Um, like when you see um, 
European countries that remain neutral like during war. It's like you can remain neutral all you want, but eventually they're going to invade you. And it's like you could either be tolerant or be intolerant. Either way, right? If you're if you're tolerant forever, you're you're going to get fucked up. Like eventually you, someone's going to take advantage of you. Well, yeah. But if you're intolerant, there's a chance you can preserve who you are. Yeah. So so this thing that you're you're going to be experiencing is the the people who aren't tolerant who have these beliefs and they're imposing them on uh, the rest of uh, their society around them those are the people who are going to get what they want and the people who are tolerant are essentially going to get swept up in that that's why that's why we fight like that's why common men uh, common men and women will fight wars for their government because their government's going to have an agenda or the people who are paying their politicians like like the war in Iraq, like yeah, that entire, fucking twenty year war. That entire issue was extremely loud, right? Yeah, but there were, I mean, there there were people who d- didn't necessarily want war, and that was kind of like it expressed a lot. I mean, look at the war in Vietnam. Yeah, right? you had like e- even the war in Vietnam. You had you had this this issue, <laughs> right? And uh, you kind of had some very loud people in America imposing their will and their ideals on other Americans. And you had tolerant Americans saying, yeah, I'm going to support my society and the people who I like live with and live for, and I'm going to help them do this thing. Uh, that's going to hurt you. And uh, that killed a lot of, a lot of people who didn't do anything wrong or didn't honestly want this. Yeah, and it was, it was fucked up. We, we saw that in Vietnam. We saw that in, you know, uh, the middle East. And we're probably going to see that again, where you have a bunch of, uh, Intolerant people having opposing ideas, and then you have a bunch of tolerant people who live with them and tolerate them. And those tolerant people, who are the majority, are going to tolerate the minorities, and they're going to support them because they're human beings and they empathize with them, and they want them to feel comfortable and feel happy. Like, honestly, people are chasing after their own happiness and trying to secure some amount of happiness, which is dangerous because if you let someone just chase after their own happiness while trampling everyone else underfoot, because you want them to find their own happiness and that's important to, to humans and you empathize with them, then, uh, I mean, and you let that happen, you might be getting trampled underfoot. That's, that's kind of da- a dangerous situation. Yeah. This is a, this is a big problem. This is a big problem. Um, and it, and, and it is a left and right problem where, yeah. um, it's definitely a left and right problem right now because, uh, I mean, you're kind of seeing a domestic civil war where like you, you're kind of yeah. having, like Democrats and Republicans. Are, oh, we're in a civil war, motherfucker. Did yeah. you see what Biden said? Recently? I mean, it's a domestic civil war. I mean, people are just talking and and like, I mean, not necessarily talking. They're having like very aggressive arguments and sharing a very aggressive beliefs, and they're using the government as a medium to like fight each other and like sue each other and do these things. Yeah, yeah, it's getting because, bad because the government's trying to like help people, and uh, at least I, I mean, you know, um, in a relative. Uh, sense but they're trying to uh preserve people's rights but um people are trying to support their their own idea and their own kind of view on those rights while also trying to like preserve someone else's ideas and and um it's essentially a conflict of interests where like someone thinks that their rights are being imposed upon so they're going to oppose upon the rights of people who are opposing them and yeah how does the government choose sides there well, yeah, especially when the government's divided literally in half. Yeah, maybe they should stay out of it. 
Mm, maybe they should stay out of it. Well, then the only reason why those, are pro- those problems exist is because the government exists. I, mean, I think the government has uh, essentially taken issues that have uh, that kind of dictate over rights, and they say like, yes, like this is something that uh, involves a right, so we should we should like take over this idea and kind of like find a pro- like find a solution to it. We'll make a law governing this uh, one specific issue that might involve someone's rights. But uh, honestly, they could just not do that one specific thing because uh, if it limits if it limits a right to also support a right, then uh, I don't think that like the government should probably treat all rights or all human rights as equal and kind of a. What do you, what well can you give me your personal definition of what a right is? Uh, I mean, a personal example of a right or not an like example, defini- but like a you definition. could read the real definition if you want. Like, because for instance, I I consider a right. You have absolute moral or authority over this subject. Absolute moral authority. Like, like you're saying, like this is my right. I have absolute moral authority over it. Um, and like that's irrefutable. I have absolute moral authority over um what I say and when I say it. I have um you know absolute authority over. Um, my mindset and my pursuit of happiness, correct? Right? right. There's like I have absolute moral. Th- one of the things I I don't, and this is a whole different conversation, but just to cut it in, one of the things I don't think is a basic human right is anything that you have to rely on other people for. For instance, healthcare and housing and stuff like that. Do I think we live in a society that should be able to do better? Yes, absolutely. But is it a right? No. You don't have absolute author- absolute moral authority over that. You don't. So, what is what do you think a right is? Um, so, for the purpose of of this specific conversation, I think we can assume that the Constitution's already defined our rights and uh, and actually written these things down. Yeah. And um, now they're putting forth like kind of uh, like laws or. They're, uh, they're amending the Constitution to kind of preserve or, I mean, favor these things unequally. And um, be, because, like... Uh, In order to save one, you gotta... Yeah. Yeah, uh, which is kind of, like, where I think the government should draw the line. Like, maybe this decision doesn't govern us because now, all of a sudden, we're preserving your rights unequally. And we need to uphold your rights equally. And honestly, like, absolutely. Like, all the original rights that have been written down in the Constitution... Uh, if we still believe in those things, I mean, if you believe in the Constitution, which, on, like, maybe you don't believe in the Constitution, and that could be okay, but um, this is the the government that you're being ruled under. If you're appealing to that government, then you're also appealing to the rights of the people underneath that government. And, I mean, I, I think those things should be upheld absolutely. Like, they are written down. They have been reformed over time, but, I mean, I amended. think... May, yeah, they, they've been amended amendments yeah <laughs> but um I, I mean maybe uh like do you think we've gone too far do we think do we think that we've allowed the government to kind of skew things in such a manner to to where that uh our rights are kind of being seen as unequal and that like uh maybe the government should just stay out of uh, like d- domestic like disputes about it like yeah. devaluing more, what like other rights over the others yeah like i mean like the second amendment is huge like people uh, I yeah. mean, want to want to feel safe. They want to like live like safe, and they don't want to like actually live in fear of gun like guns and firearms and people dying and children dying in schools. And that that should never be something that's happening. It 
it's insane. But do you think that you think that's a a gun problem or a people problem? I think that's a people problem. One hundred percent, it's a people problem. It's definitely a people. I mean, to say it's a gun problem is absurd because I mean, if you like, England has a knife problem right now. Yes. No, it's a people problem. You take you remove knives. You uh, England has an acid throwing problem. No, it's a people problem. I mean, England has a TV subscription problem. Yeah, England's got a lot of things. Is that that, is that a TV subscription problem or is that a people problem? Is that a people problem? The um, <laughs> well, I well, I say this because I, I the with with the with the gun thing and rights and stuff. The Second Amendment it doesn't go for any amendment, so we, right. we we could we could we're gonna roll back. Yeah, yeah, we can we can look at it as a whole. I was just grabbing like yeah, grabbing, but, mean, but no, but yeah, like like we, I want to so I want to say something that we can roll back into the whole into the whole. Yeah, which is um, I say this a lot about the Second Amendment. Um, there's this thing called Chesterton's fence, which basically means it's it's a principle. It's like a, a principle of logic. Which, which which says that um you cannot alter alter or change something until you know its original purpose, and if that original purpose is no longer um like we don't need need it anymore like we don't right get rid of it change yeah, it that that's essentially what the constitution did it, yeah it had these these rights in place so that you know uh they, there would be a fair uh system of government um protecting their people. Yeah, well, so, so then we when we look at Chesterton's fence, we look at something like the Second Amendment. Let's say, um, people say, "Let oh, remove the Second Amendment, remove guns." I'm like, "Okay, okay, hold on, hold on, okay." Why does the Second Amendment get, uh, exist? Because underneath this logical principle, we should first understand why it exists at all. Okay, it exists to fight against foreign and domestic tyranny. Okay, if you can guarantee me that for the rest of exi- existence. Not for the next hundred years, not for the next two hundreds, not not for the ne- not for life on Earth, but for the rest of existence, that tyranny will never happen again. Take my gun; I don't need it. I won't need it. But until you can guarantee me that, I'm going to keep my firearms. That's what Chester Chesterton's fence says: that like you cannot remove or change or alter anything until its original purpose no longer needs to be, you know taken care of like we don't need it the, here's right. a way to explain it and i want you to take the conversation back um but your appendix you to do it well because we were, we were talking about i, I don't want to get too far away <laughs> but your appendix <clears throat> so years ago they said hey we should remove the appendix because it, it 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 hurts people like it bursts in their it bursts in their bodies and then it's, it's it's life-threatening let's just remove it at birth it'll heal nicely let's do it and they're like wait 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 before we do that let's find out what it's used for right um, and we found out, among other things, uh, but it's it's basically used to uh, excrete like viruses and bacteria, things that would harm you. That's why um, it, people say, oh, it produces diarrhea, so you don't die essentially. So people in third world countries, it's really important for them because if they don't have it, they are going to get like a lot of horrible diseases. People in first world countries, not that important. All right, we I haven't heard out, of that before. That's yeah. kind of interesting. So we found out its original purpose, what it's used for. I thought it was to. To break down extremely fibrous. Yeah, no, yeah, it does. I said amongst other things. Okay, yeah. Amongst other things. Um, But that's why it's so important. But that's also why in America, you don't really need it. Um, So so you could either get it removed electively, which no one does, or if it bursts, you can get get it removed and you can live a normal life. In a third world country, um, that's very, very dangerous. So Chesterton's fence. Don't remove, alter, or change something until you know what its original purpose is. Um, and that goes for every single amendment. Don't remove it until you know what its purpose is. And if you can guarantee that purpose will never, uh, 
need to be like fulfilled. Does that make sense? Like nothing bad will ever happen again, essentially. Right. Then remove it. We don't need it. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so it goes for it goes for every amendment. Like that's how it works. It's a freedom of speech, second amendment, like any of them. Right. Yeah. Um, and but you so you left off on um with with the with the gun thing. I know we don't we don't stand guns, but when you talk about uh, children uh, in schools being you know school shootings, you're talking about people are afraid of uh, guns, and maybe you were just talking about the amendments and why people do or don't like them. I, I'm not too sure. I mean, so. So yeah, um, so so obviously, um, people are going to have um, the the idea that their government has uh, the responsibility to protect them, and um, it, if they think that their their government should uh, protect them, then they're going to try to find a way to, uh, or trying to find a way for their government to protect them, and that's kind of where like the the rights are being yeah, imbalanced. Yes, yes. Like like yes, you you have to protect me and my self interests. Uh, no one should be dying by like gun violence and like I shouldn't have to worry about this so abolish guns and then you're like wait you're treating these two things unequally um, this is kind of like like I mean there is a lot going on with that but yeah I mean you shouldn't uh, as as long as you I mean you live in America um, and and you your you know your rights are protected under the Constitution I, I think if you value those rights, then you shouldn't treat them unequally because it also allows those rights to be subject to the favor of another right over the maybe the one that you care about the most. Yeah. And and that's a very dangerous thing. So I mean like I think that people kind of have to try to find a new solution, like maybe like changing culture to well, support yeah, to support like maybe a, a more healthy mindset. Well, before anything changes, uh, culture has to change. Uh, I talked about this with a lot of people. How we talk about, oh, the country's falling apart. It's like, yeah, and there's no fix for it until we change everything. Wait, really? What do you mean? Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Country's falling apart, and the only way to really fix it is if we fix culture. Because you could put as many, you know, policies, laws, rights, whatever that you, whatever you want uh, in, into, into play. You can do whatever you want. But it's not going to help anyone until we change culture because someone's always going to disagree someone's not going to like that it's going to cause violence it's going to cause you know people going to be upset whatever um and we've I, we, I think i talked to you about this the last time um we were hanging out uh we talk about it a lot we talk about like but, we, but we're just, talking about like the cycles go through the works we're talking about uh, how the society goes through cycles oh yeah okay. and right now we are in so if anyone, everyone, anyone's uh, heard this, heard of this book, you should, you should look it up. It's called The Fourth Turning. And it's it's basically a two academics were like, if the, if history has is anything to go off of, um, this is what we might be able to predict uh, for the future. And I say predict very lightly. It's not a book about uh, fortune telling. It's not a book about like, oh, I'm Nostradamus or whatever. It's not, nothing like that. They're saying based on how history rhymes and how things repeat themselves, we could expect these kind of things to unfold as the future continues. And based on the numbers, based on what we've experienced historically in the past, right now, that w- what we're living in is uh, the fourth turning, which is the fourth quarter of an entire cycle. And the fourth right. quarter is always the, the hard one. Um, and at the end of every turning, or at the end of every fourth turning, this thing is, 
is what happens every time. Culture changes forever. Forever. Something changes where every human on earth has a different perspective on how to live. Every single turning has done that. Right. Um, the last fourth turning was World War II. Everything changed. The entire world was destroyed, but America. Industry was different. We had the industry. Um, the the life of Jews were incredibly different. The whole thing was different. I mean, like, the nuclear bomb. Like, everything changed. And now we're approaching that again. Um, so, the culture thing... That is the only way to fix these things, is to change culture. And the only way they change culture is something pretty catastrophic to happen for anyone to even actually budge. I mean, yeah, you kind of have to have some amount of significant change. And we've we've been leading up to this a lot. We're, we're getting there. I mean, uh, the creation of uh, expansive multimedia, um, you know, uh, so- social media, you have, uh, I, I mean the internet just blowing up personal computers and cell phones and yeah. all of these things. This, that in and of itself was like a huge shock. Like, um, I don't think people realized how drastically things changed, but, um, uh, uh honestly, uh, I, I think it's, it's a balance of, uh, what people need, what fulfills people and, uh, what people need to survive. So, uh, you kind of have, uh, like a couple needs as a person. So you have your basic needs to survive. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have something that makes you feel fulfilled or helps you feel fulfilled. And then after that, you're going to have some amount of like free time. If you're not constantly doing the things that you need to do to survive or like feel fulfilled or, or like meet these basic needs, you're going to like basically create another need by meeting all of your other needs. And now we're like kind of seeing, uh, massive in- entertainment, like self-satisfaction. And uh, and I think that's very dangerous because once all of your needs are met and honestly you don't have to do a lot to meet your like your needs for survival, um, you're going to start entertaining yourself and you're going to stop doing things that you need to do for survival, which were fulfilling. Like those were the those things. Those were fulfilling on their own. Yeah. yeah those were the were the things that were fulfilling. Like if you, you know, um, hunting an elk that was fulfilling. Yeah. Building a house, building a house, smashing a rock so that you could get to like Flint, a river yeah. or something like doing, doing all the, Oh damn. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like the reason why like men want to like, like bash heavy rocks and like cut mm-hmm. down trees and do do all these things is because yeah. like, that's how we've survived <laughs> for, I mean, it's fun, man. Yeah. But no, no, no. If if you want to deprogram men and human beings to like not have uh, fulfillment or not find enjoyment in doing like aggressive things like cutting down a tree or splitting wood or you know doing these three things, then you're asking them to deprogram themselves to do what they've done socially for survival, both socially and for survival, for the last like like hundreds of thousands of Several years, millennia. Like, like yeah. this is pretty much ingrained in genetic code. Like humans wow. are designed to, to do these things so that they could actually survive. And now you're like, that's a little aggressive. I don't really like how, how like strong, uh, like men are maybe. Um, I don't really like the idea of a man like being strong enough to like hurt me or like do something, uh, that looks dangerous or intimidating. Um, they should stop doing that. You're actually just asking human being to stop, to stop being, being a human, human being. being. Let's, let's, let's talk about manhood. 
let's talk about masculinity. I know I've like asked you like several times to do it, and I know it's like I know you got a busy life. Everything you just said is in that essay I made. Oh yeah, you yeah. need to listen to that thing. I prefer you watched it, but I I get it. Listen to it. Uh, watching it is preferable because it's, it's very entertaining. I put a lot of work into it, whatever, you know, but listen to it at the very least. Um, I talk about consumerism. I talk about manhood. I talk about, you know, human identity. I talk about all these things and manhood being a man, um, and being, being a woman and growing into the society, growing, growing into a world, right. That was one way for several hundred thousand years. And then all of a sudden, boop, different. Yeah. Weird. Uh, Over the course of. 200 maybe maybe 50 years honestly like shit got weird let uh, me tell you what i think it was let me tell you what i think uh, I, i'm gonna go say ahead, go i'm gonna say it took five years to change and 10 years to matter <laughs> well that's a good set that you said that's a good way to put it five years to change 10 years to matter yeah i like that i like that you know i i work on i work around a lot of women and um i've talked about feminism before but like like the right. actual movements like the first wave second wave third wave and now yeah. we're in some weird fourth wave thing right um first wave awesome great yeah okay um we want to own land we want to vote we want to yeah. you know be, okay cool um i mean women face the same problem as men yes, just, early, yes. just a lot sooner than we did it's way different it's it, I, no, like, I think it's different though but in the same the gravity is the same yeah uh essentially yeah it, it was it was a, a similar a similar philosophy that happened, but um, like different individual but, things, like like women need didn't need to do what they were doing previously to survive, so now all of a sudden they were doing different things to feel fulfilled and like fill up their days with well, things. Because I'm going to get to that. Have to do what they were doing before. Well, okay, well, okay, so trust me on this, right? So, okay, so first wave feminism, great. Fine, I trust whatever. you. Good, good. Second, second wave okay. feminism was um. In a world too, we want to work too. We want to have a, a stake in the society, yep. right? Yep. Uh, and then the third wave was like burn your bras and stuff, and that was the beginning of the diminishing returns for wait, like that's like well, Vietnam era kind of like feminism. okay, okay. That was the beginning of the the diminishing returns for uh, the feminism movement. Yeah, I thought I was missing something because I was expecting like right to vote. <laughs> no, that that already happened. Or that was like that was like first like, wave. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That was like first wave. That was yeah. yeah. That, was, that was like right to vote. Yeah, uh, I I didn't pile that in with like having, <laughs> like having so, a job. No, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. So so then that was the start of the diminishing return, and then fourth wave feminism is kind of what we're in now, and no one really knows what it kind of means. What was third wave? Third wave was like during the Vietnam War, and it was like. Uh, expression it was just like stop we're not objects we're like we're, we're our own people it's like right. we're, we're equal not only under the law but culturally we're equal too it's like treat me like you would treat your brother it's like that kind of thing um we are humans not not objects that's kind of things so yeah cool yeah at 100 yeah but a lot of the extreme part of it was like also like we're gonna have and this is i think this is wrong for both men and women i think like you could have this lifestyle but understand that there's consequences to having this lifestyle. Yeah. The lifestyle is uh, we want to have sex with everyone whenever we can. Um, we want to be um, like belligerent. We want to just do whatever. Like it, it was kind of like a, a burning man. Like I'm, yeah. I'm a free whatever. I mean, and then, and then yeah. fourth wave is now. And we don't really know what the fuck fourth wave is. It's fucking weird. No one knows what's going on. And because we don't have history. History hasn't gifted us the understanding of the present yet. Right. Right. But. What women, I think, are going through, a lot of women, 
I know a lot of women that want to be stay-at-home mo- mothers. I want to know a lot of women that want to be business owners. I know a lot of women that want traditional things and a little like less traditional things. But in like the overarching like the encapsulating thing is that women have and by the way, like I'm not a fucking woman. I'm not speaking on what's like to be a woman. I don't know what it's like to be a woman, but these this is is true. Like these these are facts. Is that like a woman has to work a lot harder these days to survive than she had to um, back then. And so do men. Men had to work a lot harder to survive these days than they had to uh, back then within like the last 80 years of American history. Right. Um, I'm not talking about like colonial times. I'm not talking about what it was like, you know, um, when like Genghis Khan ruled, whatever. I'm not talking about that. Like mm-hmm. in the last 80 years in America, um, right now, men I mean, and women both have tried equally hard to survive. What were you going to say? So, so just funny thing, since uh, a lot of us are the descendants of Genghis Khan, oh, like yeah. technically, technically, right? like kind of weird, right? We're we're kind of still in his, uh, I mean, in his rule. Yeah, like, Jeez, it's the, nem- the empire we, continues. We are the empire of Genghis Khan. That's actually really funny. Um, I, doubt, I highly <laughs> doubt I have any any of that DNA in me. I don't know. That'd be very. Your eyes are looking extremely beady right now. Beady? What does that even mean? What does that mean? It's like Did I look. I think I think that's just synonymous for a Gang- for Genghis, Genghis Khan, Khan for an, yeah. an evil, what uh, whatever. Didn't he like um, supreme? He, he was a he was a uh, all of Asia. No, what's it called? Hold on. He was a uh, he he loved nature. Like what? The, what's the joke? Because he like killed so many people. Like it helped the carbon footprint. Oh, it's true. He yeah. was environmentalist. Environmentalist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But hold on. Right. So the um all these. Women are expected to be mothers. They're expected to be nurses. They're expected to be CEOs. They're expected to be business owners. They're expected uh, to be all these things. Hold on. And that's uh, what, what, what? Expected to by who? Like just society like it's, as it's a whole? It's a cultural thing, yeah. It's okay. like culturally they, they're so stressed because they feel like they have to fill the shoes of people that basically never did what they had to do now. Okay, that's fair. Whereas, yeah. whereas men are, um, they're seen as less valuable. They're like being talked down to a lot, or they're saying they're not doing enough. I mean, with I mean, like, industry, the the individual skill set, and I mean, honestly, build of a of like your classic man is irrelevant, and that's kind of, I mean, that's a shame, but that's kind of where we're heading. Yeah. Well, one of the main points I usually bring up in these conversations is that women don't need men anymore, not the way they, not in the way they used to. They don't yeah. need them for protection. They it, don't need them for for uh, resource guarding. They yeah. don't need them for um, you know, bringing things to the table. They don't because women can do it on their own now, which begs the question. Now, men have grown through the millennia, basically being, you know, bred to protect women and obtain women. Now this sounds weird. Bear with me. Protect and obtain obtain women. Resource guarding. Now that women don't need men anymore, men have to find their new purpose. Because it's harder to come by women who have the same values. It's hard to come by um, organizations that uh, need men the same way they used to back then. So men now have to find a new way to find a passion, to find family, to find love, to find values. And I think that's a really big problem that men are going through right now. Yeah. So so essentially what you can kind of um, look at it as is um, kind of the growing pains of society. Yeah, growing pains. So um, mental health. Uh, the depreciation of mental health, uh, due to all of these things. Honestly, that's a growing pain. Uh, how how long do you think it's going to take for the the instincts and and natural, 
I, I guess the natural drives uh, of like a man or a woman to do the things that they've been doing for the last hundred hundreds of thousands of years to change um, just because something uh, drastic changed in their environment. I mean, some things about human beings are extremely like plastic, like, like so, some humans can change like extremely fast and extremely drastically, uh, like very drastically. Um, so one of those things are physique, like your physique is going to change depending on your environment and what you're actually required to do. Yeah. Um, so, so that's something that's just, a, you know, um, just, just very flexible. But, um, what about, what about the, the endorphins that your brain produces? What about those, those urges that your body just has nat- natural cycles to do? What about those things that like your body feels like it needs to do like, like your mind, the clarity that you find in nature. Like, why do you find such clarity in nature? It's like, why is that so natural? Why is it so calming? Like, like why is, why is hard work so fulfilling? Because I could, I could do hard work. I could go to the gym and I could work out for three hours straight and walk out of the gym and I could be like dripping in sweat, like breathing heavily. And I could feel so fulfilled. Um, but that doesn't apply to, to other, other men. Like, not not everyone is going to feel that so is that just is that just a product of uh my mind and my body just not having adapted to like this new culture where like maybe like uh my my physical inclination isn't needed it's not necessary or required like like and honestly like as society progresses and as as we industrialize enough like like you're just going to have machines that you know, do all the things that like are going to make other machines and be able to, to do things that maintain themselves. And the only thing that humans are going to need to do is really maintain those things and use those things to build other things. It's going to get very, very easy to human be for human beings to do the things that they want to do. Um, and the easier it gets, the less like physical we need to be with it. And maybe the less honestly intelligent we need to be to get there. Do you think it's going to be harder for people that have lower IQs to have any part in? Like, do you think they're going to be able to stay in this world? Because um, another thing with Jordan Peterson was talking about is that because of exactly what you just said, how we are evolving and uh, adapting and changing, and you know, putting in more infrastructure, all this like we have to we have to do less to accomplish more. Like it's getting easier to do things that we don't feel uh, fulfillment the same way you talked about leaving the gym. Yeah. Right. Well, one of the things I, you said, I, I can't feel that way unless I'm working like some crazy construction job or like being yeah. like doing some mechanic mechanical work or just, I mean, building a house on my own. Like, like uh, unless I do something crazy like that, like those things are kind of like they're, they're kind of gradually becoming like obsolete because um. Yes. I mean, I mean, tools, I mean, uh, uh, just, just tools, um, tools, machines, uh, industrialization. And, uh, we're kind of like going to be micromanaging at some point, but I, I have to do those things to find the same actual like physical fulfillment. Like it, it's very hard to, to be like, to be a man and be fulfilled, uh, unless you're just doing something that's like, like one of the things I find like some some joy in is just general problem solving. Like when yeah, I, when yeah, I was just I in know. school doing math all the time. Like whenever I uh, whenever I just got it, whenever I just got a problem and I was just solving problems. You know, it was it it was hard and like really complicated. 
once you get it, like, like problem solving is huge. Like I think people are kind of driven to, to do things like problem solving or create things. But, um, I mean, there is a very, I guess, primal need to actually like, I mean, lift and like pick up and move heavy shit. And so it's not as relevant now. It's not. No, it's not. And that's why if, there's, um, I forget what it's called, but you can look at, uh, lists of jobs that you could obtain based on your IQ. Right. And, um, the further we go into the future, the less jobs there are for low, low IQ people low in, with a low IQ. Look at me. I can't even say it. Maybe it's one of me. Um, if you have a low IQ, there are less jobs for you. And the further we go into the future, the less jobs are going to be for people with low IQs. And eventually, if you have a certain IQ, you just can't function in this society. Because, like you said, the construction jobs are, um, there's not as many in, in, anymore. You know, um, there's all these things, like, like the tools you were talking about. Like, there's less jobs for low IQ people, people with low IQs. Um, and more jobs, or at least the jobs for uh, uh, higher IQ people, they are either staying the same or they're also decreasing, but at a smaller rate. Um, and the further we go into the future, the less people are going to be able to find jobs. So like, okay, what's the answer? So there's this concept in engineering. And uh, I think a great example is a bear trap. Or not a bear trap, but um, <clears throat> a, a bear box for garbage cans. So oh, yeah. if you go into the woods. Yeah, I know. Bear, yeah. yeah. So, um, so the, it, it's kind of sad to say, but, um, oh, I know this. Yeah. Yeah. Go the, ahead. Go say it. So, so the line, uh, between a, um, like an average bear and an average person or a smart bear and a dumb person is like kind of equivalent when it comes to problem solving certain yep. just general mechanical problems, oh, which is surprising. Um, uh, unless you're taught to do something, yeah. but, um, but just on an instinctual or, um, at least like an, an, an intuitive level. There you go. Right word. Um, the intuitive, yeah, the intuitive problem solving of like a human and a bear, um, to to get what they want is kind of like very similar. So you'll have like a smart bear waddle along, and they'll be able to open a bear box and like get into your garbage and eat and make a mess and do all these things. Then you'll have a dumb person bring their garbage out to the can, and uh, they won't be able to figure out how to open this bear box. And I've actually seen this at one of my jobs. No. Yeah. Where um, there's a garbage can, and the garbage can has this bar, and the bar lifts up, and there's a pin, right? Um, or not really a pin, but there's a lever underneath it, and um, and people will just leave the garbage can on top of the garbage bin, or like the garbage on top of the garbage bin because they can't figure out how to lower that bar. I feel kind of stupid though, because there's one time I was at the gym. I couldn't figure out how to use the leg press machine. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, not everything. I mean, all right, all right, like, not everything's built to be intuitive. But um, that, that's why I used a bear box as an example because if it's an intuitive enough for a smart bear to waddle along and get into your garbage, and like not intuitive enough for like someone like an average person to walk up to it and be able to figure out like how to how to open it up and and like throw garbage away, then now you have this problem to where like. You have this thing that needs to be commonly used, but um, it needs to be intuitive enough for your like your average uh, person, or your average person with an average IQ to be able to to figure this thing out, and that's like a, actually a problem in engineering. There's an entire like I think there's an entire field of engineering designed about like that's how funny. intuitive is this thing going to be for people to figure out. 
And uh, eventually what you're going to see is you're, you're either going to have this hierarchy of just smart people ruling over like dumb people. Yeah, that's the problem. I don't think that's necessarily going to happen because uh, I think, uh, it, well, first of all, intelligent people have a higher rate of suicide, which is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, you're just comboing yourself. Yeah. Too. All um, right. But, but um, on. That's funny. Yeah. It's but, not funny. I mean, I mean that's, that's horrible. Uh, I mean, it, it's just not expected, so that's why it's ironic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you wouldn't expect. Well, it's called the it's called the uh, wiser but sadder effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so so you wouldn't expect someone to know more to to just be be filled with despair, or like, uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't expect something that's considered to be a good quality to have a negative effect on someone, and that's why it's ironic because you have this quality that's considered to be like like intelligence is huge like he like an intelligent human being that's that's like a gift you know uh intelligent human beings especially a group of intelligent beings trying to do the same goal and accomplish the same thing if those people are working together and purely working together they can pretty much do anything we've gotten to space that way like yeah yeah right but um you know, uh, on another level. So, so you imagine that this is just this, this huge win for humanity and, and people on an individual scale. And, um, and the more, you know, like the more despair and like the more pointless everything feels and the more nihilistic you are. And it's, it's ironic. That's what makes it ironic because you, there's this thing that's like valued and like held with such a high esteem, it, at least, uh, like passively. And, um, and like viewed as being the, you know, um, like success is a byproduct of intelligence and hard work and stuff. Um, but I mean, even though I don't totally believe that because I yeah. think actually like successful people have some amount of luck and it's like nepotism. Yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that too. Yeah. But, um, so, so you have, uh, you have all these things. So it's just, it's just funny because I mean, I think it's okay to say that it's funny because, like yeah, that, it's ironic. Yeah, it's just it ironic. Is, yeah, I can say it's funny because I'm one of the. No, I'm totally kidding. I'm <laughs> it, it's funny because I want to die. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, because I'm a genius, and you said because I want to <laughs> die. Totally two different ways that joke just went. Wait, yeah, we I were, was like, we I'm just thinking kidding. The same thing? I'm not a genius, and you're like, I'm just kidding. I don't want to die. It's bro, that was so stupid. That's so funny. That um, was, that was kind of funny. Yeah, well, to wrap it all up, right? It's like okay, it's. I kind of, we kind of stayed on on a little bit of three topic, but like we, we, we tolerance. Oh, wait, um, before we close up, uh, yeah, just just back to the one thing. No, so, yeah, fuck it. So so there's uh there's like two things that'll happen. You'll just have a bunch of smart people ruling over dumb people. Yeah. Right. Or you'll have the the industrialization of things by engineers to be intuitive enough for dumb people, like idiocracy, to where people yeah, can yeah, just yeah. kind of survive and get by and do what they need to do because the interface is so like intuitive and then you don't need to be smart to do anything because everything's intuitive what do you think's the most likely case in it like the most likely um dystopia what do you think it is do you think it do you think it's what you just said do you think it's 1984 do you think it's brave new world do you think it's fucking divergent like what do you think the most likely dystopia are you asking me what I want or what I expect? Do both. Why not? Do both. Oh, what you want? Fuck. What dystopia do you want, you crazy man? What? Dystopias aren't bad things. 
They're just they're uh, bad for most people. Wait, well, yeah, they're kind of just. Uh, uh, you're definitely evil. I'm no. Yeah, keep an eye on this one. God, what do you what do you want? What do you think is gonna happen? Uh, what do I think is gonna happen? Oh, that's that's kind of crazy. I I think it's probably going to be some. I I don't necessarily think uh, I think that eventually we're just going to industrialize enough to where um basic skill sets are going to be lost and when they're needed again they won't be there and we'll just kind of fall into some some out of extinction. That's Honestly, ha- that happened before. Yeah, I I kind of think we're like the human race is probably going to to like be extinct before a dystopia can can be in place because you, you need to kind of have like this huge governing power, like this absolute governing power to actually have a dystopia and they need to be um, like stable to actually um, have this absolute rule over their people to actually institute a dystopian society. Um, so essentially first, like what you need to have is kind of just like a, I guess um, like a perfect world or some some pseudo like some fake yeah i mean world. like yeah. using the word perfect like like perfect as in like maintainable controllable well everyone's needs are met and um or so so i guess you'd need to have uh, a situation where uh every everyone's needs are easily met and uh and people are controlled like very or people are either controlled very closely to have all of their needs met or um or they're being forced or brainwashed in some manner to, to where they don't really uh, don't really need things or or don't really have like a, a physical or emotional drive to uh, to actually like have or want things. And they're just kind of doing things on a more passive level than actively pursuing things they care about. Um, I kind of expect that to be a dystopia that we could see. Um. But I do think that, like, we'll probably die to, like, war and famine much sooner than that. You know, that what you said happened it has happened before, where we have progressed so much and then lost it so soon that we forgot how to recreate it. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what society it was, forgot how to do indoor plumbing. Because, like, Whoa. I, it, I don't, it might have been the Romans. I'm not sure. Aqueducts? Yeah, I, it was something where they forgot how to recreate that technology. Um, but it's happened several times. I mean, so it, it's, it's, it's quite scary that's able yeah. to happen. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Oh, what, what's it called when you have like a perfect society or a perfect utopia? World? Yeah. So, so I have a dystopia. You kind of have to have like, like it's basically a pseudo utopia to where, um, like either you don't realize that things aren't perfect or all of your needs are met. So it's like kind of perfect, but only in the sense that you don't need anything um, because you can't really have a true utopia. Um, like something's like something's going to be out of place. Something is going to be like influenced like uh, on you. Do you think it's only that. possible if you have a certain amount of a certain population? Because arguably the reason why we have so many problems is because there's such a large population with different beliefs. But if you have a small population that believes in one thing, and it's fine. That's why, like, 200-member tribes are able to get along and be fine. I mean, do you think, like, Mormon societies or, um, like, a Mormon society would consider itself u- utopic? I don't know much about Mormon societies. Okay. Uh, well, maybe not Mormon, but um, what is it? Like, uh, 
the horse-drawn carriages in Pennsylvania. Oh, oh, Amish? Uh, yeah. Would you would you think that uh, an Amish society would consider itself utopian? I think an Amish society would consider itself utopian if they didn't have to deal with the rest of the world. Yeah, it, That's at least in an was. isolated sense. In an isolated sense, yes, I do think so. Yeah. And they would consider it that, yeah. Yeah, uh, so they basically have, like, this system where all their needs are met. They don't really need anything. They, they kind of... Um, they kind of operate uh, isolated from the rest of society. And that's fine. That's great. But like looking inwards on that, they have like very specific like rules and regulations and, and laws. And we'd kind of view that as dystopian because like you look at it and you just believe that these people are like kind of being brainwashed into, into living this specific life, even though it is like kind of utopic, but a lot of people are going to have values that if they can't pursue those values, then they're going to say like, oh, I, I don't want this or, oh, this thing is bad. Like just because you're in a situation uh, where like you can't pursue what's important to you and uh, and something that you actually value. So I think like on the outside looking in, you would view that as a dystopia, but on the inside, like uh, just on the inside, like looking around, you'd probably view that as a utopia, like at least isolated. Well, yeah. Well, that's that's what um, a lot of people have the same opinion, or they say the same thing about uh, Hasidic Jews, where on the on the inside looking out, you're like, "This is great," and the outside looking in, it's like, "That looks not very comfortable." I mean, maybe not on the inside looking out, but maybe just okay, on, not all of them. On the inside I've, looking out, I've seen some pretty bad things. I've heard some pretty bad stories, but like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I think the problem is, is that there's so many people with different opinions. I mean, like the reason why there's ever been like religious wars is because, like, oh, I think something different, and you're an infidel. Sorry, we got to fight now. You know, it's like yeah. that's 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 what it is. It's like cause we all have different opinions, um, which is why America is so fucking great up until recently. Uh, I mean, is because is because like some some values that are like is because of the tolerance. Yeah, that's why America was is was or and is worth fighting for. I'm not saying America was ever a utopia. 100% not, never, hasn't yeah. been, probably never will be, but the reason why it works and the reason why there's nowhere else to run to and you only have this one is because of the tolerance. And now we're losing tolerance. We're losing tolerance because all the tolerant people are remaining tolerant for the intolerant, like you were yeah. saying before. And we're losing that. And so we're, we're, we're kind of falling apart here. Yeah, so... So the idea is if you have a bunch of intolerant people supporting, uh, if you have a bunch of tolerant people supporting intolerant people who have similar ideals, then uh, you're basically just going to have a bunch of intolerant people. But it's necessary. This is necessary, though. You have to go through these cycles. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to, to, to it, it is unfortunate uh, just because, like, I do think people could just focus on something more important and stop caring about um, the little things about each other so much, like, you want to do something and express yourself in a certain way as long as you don't, like, hurt anyone else, I, I think. And at least as long as it doesn't... Sorry, keep going. I'm looking up a quote. Uh, at least it, as long as it d doesn't go against someone else's someone else's rights um, or restrict uh, someone in a meaningful way, at least to, at least to them, then uh, you, you should be able to do that thing. I mean, there, there's a lot of, like... Um, there's a lot of very like subliminal things happening there and very like a lot of things uh, underlying that, that problem in that interaction. But I, I do think that like we really just need to stop caring about like people expressing themselves in the way they want to express well, themselves. What if, what if, it, what if it, what if they are directly, directly trying to change the way you live your life or directly hurting other people by doing that? Yeah, that's wrong. Then that's wrong. Yeah. 
And that's why that is when the tolerant has to become intolerant. Yeah. But I mean, the tolerant people um, who have like similar ideals or at least one similar controversial ideal will support those people. It's like, like there's a lot we can bring up. So if you had like a war between uh, groups of intolerant people, you're going to have like five people fighting like five five or six people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like honestly, guys, just like don't fight for the government. Let the government fight it out. (laughs) Like, like let the people who who actually care about these things, like get in the pit and brawl it out. Uh, Not, not actually, but the the idea is to, to not support things that, like, don't blindly support things that are are similar to your ideals just because someone's being loud and just because it's bothering someone because there, there are going to be, like, pretty heavy repercussions to supporting those people. You're going to be held to a very high standard. Yeah, but so there's a, so there's a quote, and it, it, the bad guy says it, so it's kind of... Fuck yeah. But I think it's a good quote, and it makes, and that's what makes a good bad guy, right? Uh, bad guys are great because they actually have ideals and it opinions. It makes sense, yeah. Um, but it's uh, Batman Begins... Uh, Rasha Ghoul says, when a forest grows too wild, a purging fire is inevitable and natural. So yeah. right now, uh, we are overgrown, um, and a purging fire is, uh, what, what is it? inevitable and natural. So these, the, this fourth turning, right, this cycle coming, coming to it where the intolerant, the, the tolerant are growing intolerant, and the intolerant are um, expressing themselves aggressively. Right. Um, that is part of this it's part of the cycle and we got to go through it hopefully we come out better on the other side like we have every every single other time i don't know but, but what was your preferred dystopia my preferred dystopia yeah um well um, then you cause remember you said you had a one that you'd you want and then one that you think would happen i mean which one do you want Man, uh, that doesn't, that, then you just that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I'm kind of just, uh, it, it's the one that I've kind of like feel comfortable in. So I'll I'll go like just hiking and doing stuff, and I'll feel uh, I'll find like an old rundown like building just covered in like vines or something, right? Oh, so you just mean like in a like a zombie apocalypse, but no zombies? Well, that's basically what you mean? Yeah, like kind of, kind of. I mean, that's not even dystopian, but um, not really. It's pretty great. I mean, yeah, just just kind of where like um we we kind of take a step back and like focus on on more important things like like actually uh, I mean I kind of like the idea of things like subsistence farming and people actually just ha- like having to to have smaller uh, I want smaller interactions like, so you want you want political anarchy like the actual way you do it no like not the not the it's okay like in, in international relations theory, anarchy is the idea that the world lacks any supreme authority or uh, or sovereign. In an anarchic, in archaic, whatever state, there is no higher hierarchy. Bro, what is happening with me? A hierarchy, superior, uh, uh, co uh, co coercive. Bro, I'm fucking falling asleep. I'm irritated. Coercive power that yeah, because I'm. I'm actually, by the way, everyone, I'm fucking exhausted. I woke up at 8 a.m. after only getting three hours of sleep. So I'm like fucked up right now. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Go ahead. Do it. Right. In international relations. Oh, whoa. Okay. Yeah. In international relations theory, anarchy is the idea that the world lacks any supreme authority or sovereign. In an anarchy. Exactly. Fuck you. (laughs) Anarchic state. There is no. 
hierarchically superior course of power that can resolve disputes, enforce law, or order the system of international politics. But exactly. So that that's that's there's no overarching thing. You rely on trade systems. That's just how it is. That's how yeah. like that's what anarchy I, is. I mean, ideally I want smaller interactions with people. Um and and what I mean by that is like I I think that uh like in the past there used to be like smaller communities where uh that community would be able to sustain itself essentially. I mean, there would be trade w- between like other communities, but that community would be able to sustain itself. It would um you would basically have like a, a your area of populace, right? You would have like farms around the community and stuff. Um, but I mean, essentially just look at um, like rural Germany or rural like China, where you just kind of have like these communities of uh, just self-sustaining communities, just doing, just kind of living their lives and, and being able to like live their lives um, without like the direct influence of like any exterior industrialization. Like I, I think that's really great because uh, or at least I like the idea of that because, or at least for the reason that um, people can still meet um, the needs that they're like kind of designed to, to meet. Like like we, we were talking earlier about how people kind of have these, uh, these, these needs and these uh, kind of um, like things that they, they need to do or need to experience like to feel fulfilled. Oh yeah. 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 Um, and, and I think that we're like built to feel fulfilled in that environment. So I think that that's a healthy environment for human beings to live in. Um, so rather than just changing human, expecting human beings to change at a whole, because honestly we are expecting a lot from human beings. Um, I, I think that like just going back to, to farming and, like living in small communities with small interactions where you actually have like, you have like a bakery that's owned by like a family and you have like a blacksmithery that's owned by a family. Like that was such a great interaction. You have like, I mean, we're never going back there though. We're, that's not happening. It, it would never happen. But, um, I, I do think that like that would be one of the ways to find like for people to find like some, some amount of like general fulfillment where they can actually like find a role that they want to play and like, something that they're good at and fill that role individually and like feel fulfilled and feel important. Um, because like right now, like as an individual, people just aren't important. And I think that like kind of weighs on people sometimes. That's also, it. Yeah. Also, I, I like having the opportunity to walk to like, to a store. Yeah. It's cool. The community it's community. Yeah. It, it doesn't say it's, it's, it's spiritual starvation. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, look, there's a lot of things that you just said in that last two minutes that there, you know, there's obviously a lot to open up there. Um, there is so much, well, yeah. <laughs> there's so much to talk about in what you just said. Um, it's like that's kind of what I think like people need, at least well, yeah. how they are now. Yeah, no, no. We the, we're we're sick. We're sick. This yeah. planet is sick, and and it's funny because we we grow up thinking that there's a plan. We grew up thinking that, oh, we've done this before. We've got it. We understand. No, we don't. There's no plan. We put all our faith in the Goliath. We put yeah. all our faith into our mothers and our fathers. No one knows what they're doing. And then when, by the time you get old enough to realize that, it's too late for you to really accept it. No one knows what they're doing. And it's scary. And th- I think that's one of the reasons why people like subscribe to faith so much is because it's like it's scary. Without faith, it's like 
we're fucking children. We don't yeah. know what we're infants. We don't know what we're doing. And so it, it, it's a very dangerous situation we're in where we a lot of people expect that, oh, no, we'll be okay. Positivity, bias. Normalcy, bias. I hate that. I hate when people are biased to believe that things are always going to be okay, things are always going to be normal, and things are always going to turn out better. No, 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 no. It doesn't unless you work at it. Yeah, I, I try. I, I like try to be a realist with nihilistic tendencies. Yeah, yeah, nihilistic yeah, okay, tendencies. we're like the same person. <laughs> yeah. um, ju- just because like I, I think if, if you're not solving a problem, then you're not improving on yourself, uh, the environment around you, and you're not doing anything positive. Yeah. I mean, stagnancy is, I mean, stagnancy is inherently like, kind of evil in some philosophical like circles but look there's a we got to come on for an for another episode in like a month from now or something and because because there's a lot of things this is a good introduction to dan by the way this is a good introduction to dan hello we (laughs) hello but there's a there's a lot of things that we have to talk about we have to open up um i i would love to talk more about manhood i would love to talk more about um so something we uh, we just said oh, about being positive, being pragmatic, yeah. uh, having bias in e- any one of those. Uh, so I think like how we work will like kind of skim the surface. We'll kind of like, uh, yeah, skim the surface of a whole bunch of controversial things until yeah. we find something we yeah. can like actually. This like, is what we'll into, do. This is know? what we're going to do. The next time. Go for it. Which. Kind of what we did today. It is what we did. Then the, the next time. We're going to choose one thing. We're fucking diving in, in, into, one into one thing. Because we, we I'm spent, get book, notebooks. Yeah, I'm going like, to get notebooks. I'm going to have a whiteboard. Yeah, yeah. Get, <laughs> get it, put it right there. Everyone can see it. Uh, because when we talked about um, morality, that's the only conversation we ever had that we actually figured something out. Yeah. And then immediately forgot what we figured out. But at least we, at least we figured <laughs> I mean, it out. We didn't forget. I think it was just like there's a lot of uh, very like well, we, we com- are, complicated underlying. We like, settled on there is an objective morality based on like think the average, the av- like averages like this like based on the guilt like there is an objective morality, but we might not feel guilty based on our uh, exceptions. So like like you're it's it's the exception not the rule. So so I think what we what we landed on was um, uh, essentially human beings have needs, and if you do something, um, if you do something that you wouldn't want to happen to you, that's not something that you can justify as being something you need to survive. Then it's immoral. Yeah, like that's what we landed on. Exactly. Um, it's like okay, thank we figured it out. It's like again. yeah, yeah. Um, like I could kill, like like I could kill a bunch of ants, but I don't need to do that to survive, and yeah. I wouldn't want that happening to me. So therefore, it's immoral. Therefore, it's immoral. But I'm still not vegan. So what does that say about me? Um, I mean, like, is that like that's I, a whole different facet that of that um, conversation? Omnivorous, and that uh, omnivorous. You, yeah. yeah, yeah. You actually like crave I don't, things that give you exactly. Sustenance. I don't do it for pleasure. Even though it's pleasurable, I don't do it for a flight. Dude, this is fucking getting. I gotta sick. get a get you a bowl of mapu tofu. Like I I had it the other day, yeah. and in it, it like I think I got high off of like some Chinese restaurants that. food. You're like saying that. like it was spicy, and my face and mouth got numb. And then I was just hanging out afterwards, and I was kind of like a little lightheaded. And I was like, oh my god, that's I need, funny. I need another bowl. Well, you said it was spicy, right? <laughs> Uh, it's like kind of, it's like mouth numbingly spicy. Tofu. It's like Szechuan. I've um, never had like, tofu. It's like authentic Szechuan. It's awesome. Well, I think that's about it, Dan. 
Yeah. You got to come back on. We're going to pick one thing. We're going to fucking go all the way in. But this is a lot of fun. I wish um, I wish we were able to do this uh, without me being like on one. I'm, I'm standing on one leg right now, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just worked like. A 12-hour shift. Yeah, I just worked 14 hours a day for the last 40. Four years, right? Oh, uh, I mean. For la- over the last two or three years, you basically didn't exist as a human being. You were a robot. You didn't do anything. You were just working. Like, you worked 60 hours a week to survive. Not even for, like, I'm, I'm, I'm on my, I have a goal to, like, buy yeah. a boat or something. I mean, I, I worked, like, 140 hours, like. Yeah, okay. Uh, for, for That's like disgusting. A, a couple weeks. Don't do that. A couple summers ago. We should but. talk about that next time. Not about you specific, per, per, not about you personally, but about uh, what it takes to actually, you know, exist. I mean, it. Yeah, yeah, we can do that because I have a reason. It's just very easy to uh, to convince yourself to do something hard when it feels like you're doing that for the betterment of someone else. Yeah. Like, like if you justify that, like I'm helping someone else, it's like, like. Like you can do anything. Like if you're being like, if you're like, like I, I'm in like inherently selfish that like I feel fulfilled when I'm helping other people. So I'm going to help other people because it does things for me. Like it, it helps my mind. Like I want to help other people. Uh, that's like a selfish thing because like that helps me and it's fulfilling something that I want to do. But, um, by like, helping other people, I feel like I could just keep on going. Just, like, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I could just keep on going. Like, that's kind of what drove me to, like, work 120 hours a week, like, on a regular basis. So I I purposely avoided talking about any of your past during this. Oh, okay, yeah. um, Because I didn't think that's something you'd want to talk about. Um, But if you'd be willing, I'd love to have you back on and talk about it, because... Like, talk about work and... No, 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 no. Talk about... Who Dan was, who Dan had to be, and who Dan is now. Um, I think I, you might be uncomfortable with with, with with talking about those things, but it's what makes you fucking interesting. The most interesting part about you, Dan, is uh, what you had to do to be who you needed to be. Uh, like fucking, I could have you on here to talk about your fucking how you're basically a scientist and you you get into the school and the math and all this shit. Cool, it's fucking interesting, but I like humans. I like human interactions. I like the most human part about a person. The most yeah. human part about Dan is all the shit that I know you went through, all the shit that I know that you had to t- you had to involve yourself with. Um, and it wasn't easy. It wasn't fun. It wasn't pleasurable. And you had no choice. That's what's interesting to me. And that's not only what it, what's interesting to everybody else. That's what helps people. Fucking Dan did that. Dan fucking did that. I can do that. Yeah, I'm so bad at this. He's thing. so bad at it. He's so, he's so bad. No, real, no, no, no. But is un- this life thing? Un- like- understand what I'm saying. Understand what I'm saying, Dan. That what's interesting about you is that you survive. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, like, it's coming from a, a, a place that I've n- never had to go through what you went through. Hopefully never have to. Um, and I'm not saying, oh, you know, Dan grew up in, in, the, in the streets penniless in Bangkok. Like, no, no. that's not what <laughs> happened. I'm not trying to paint, like, some horrible picture. Um, but what's inspiring about you is what you just said, is that, like, it's you keep going in order to better, whether it's yourself or somebody else, but you chose it, be- it better somebody else. Like, it, it's the grind. It's the continuation. It's, it's stoicism. It's, it's I, I will die, but must I die bawling? I will drown... I'm not going to give the gods a show. Yeah, I, I think 
I think it's much easier to do once you rationalize that you have a choice to do it. And uh, once you rationalize that it's for the betterment of yourself or to, to help someone else. Yeah. Like that's, that's really what keeps you going sometimes. Dan Bolton, everybody. Thank you so much. Oh, that was great. Yeah. yeah. We're going to have you back on. We do some more stuff, but that's about it guys. Thank you so much for watching. Um, this was good. This, this was guy's fun. Fairly interesting. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm. Uh, ah. Uh, <laughs> I had nothing to say. To it, it's literally just because he reads books. I don't <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut this. You're such an ass fuck. Yeah, Man. I read maybe one book a year. I mean, you'd be a lot more. It'd be so much better to hang out. I, maybe I'd hang out with you more if you had a personality. I fucking hate you so much. <laughs> Why are you? Oh yeah, whatever, whatever. I'd hang out with you, too, if you don't work 140 hours a week, you douchebag. It'll get better. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, we've all been waiting. Yeah. Uh, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for watching. We will catch you on the next one.